episode 18 this is the danden and rj machismo podcast uh my homie uh rj uh will be in tonight so i am we are privileged and it's an honor to to have the og you know ron of hillary of long thank Beach. you for having me man hey man first and foremost it's a pleasure to having you so um you know we me as a as a friend of yours and a customer of yours as well uh i just want to say i appreciate all, all everything that you've done like for my shoes and then you know for the sneaker community and the not you know the the knowledge that me and you like talk about as far as like life and uh sneakers and then you know like like what you always say you love what you do and do what you love so i appreciate you you know having you know coming on tonight Hey man, thank you Dan and thank you RJ for having me. Even though RJ's not here, uh-huh. I definitely understand as a father putting your 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 kids to bed. That's that's most important. So do your thing and jump in when you can. But thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it and I appreciate your your business, both you guys. Hey man, you know uh, you got like I said, you do a lot of dope stuff. So like I want to like break off um, before we start. Um, I know this shirt was a it was a designer from. Um, doggy style right it was a snoop dog um the, i guess the artist that yeah uh joe joe kizzle he's the one who did the artwork for uh for doggy style yeah and i contacted him i was like yo what's up joe can, can you do a a design for us he's like definitely he came down to the shop uh because he wanted to get get the vibe for it you know and then when, when he a couple of days later when, when he pulled up with a design i was like man this is perfect so shout out to uh, Joe Kizzle for doing our artwork on that shirt that Dan's wearing. And thank you, Dan, yeah. for wearing it. Hey, hey, man, I had to support the, the cause, you know. I'm, I'm one of those people, like, if I, have, if I have a homie, you know what I'm saying, like you, I, I support 100%. So, you know, that, that's, how, that's how you, you know, for me, that's how you, um, that's how you do good, you know, do good business. Like, you, you, right. you know, you treat me like a customer. I don't ask for anything in return, you know, as far as like discounts or anything, you know, you're, you're very fair as far as like, you know, your pricing. So, you know, much appreciated. Man. Appreciate it. Hey, my rent is low. So I try to translate. That. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right, Ron. So, uh, so this is a little, um, icebreaker for you. So tell us more about yourself. I'm, I'm just a family man trying to do the family thing. Everything that's uh, the best for them is what I'm trying to do. Sometimes I got to make some de- decisions on my own, but that's all right. That's what being a man is about, you know? Cool, man. So how, how many kids do you have? I have four. Um, a 20-year-old, 17-year-old, 13-year-old, and my uh, and those are all girls. And then my, my son, I finally had, had a boy. There you and go. He's one. He just turned one. Oh, man. Happy belated to the little one. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, so what's it like to uh, being you know a girl dad for the first you know for the, for the first three? Oh man, it was, you know what's funny is I was just talking to my wife about it too, but taking care of a boy is way harder than taking care of a girl. I mean, oh, this little boy is tough, but my mom was saying, "Hey, you were exactly the same way," and. I think I turned out all right, so hopefully you will too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
That's cool though. So, like, how many did you have? Any you have any siblings? I do. I have. I have two older older sisters. Okay. One lives out in Colorado, and uh, one lives uh, the town over in Carson. So. Oh, okay. But I talk to them all the time. Thank, thank God, I can. So. Hey, that's good. Technology. Yeah. So you know, hopefully, like you know, I'm, I'm hopefully your your all your family are well and safe. You know, during these yeah. crazy times that we're living in. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. You're good. Yeah, we're good, man. Everyone, everyone's safe. I hope your family is. Seems like they are, because you you work in in the actual uh, industry, right? Yeah. So I work with um I work with Leo's wife um in Irvine. So right. Um, now we're all working from home. So that's long as a you know long drive for me, and then I guess for Leo's wife, but. It is what it is, man, you know. Damn, it's in Corona? Not Corona, man, Irvine. Oh, damn, Irvine. <laughs> Corona, is farther, you know? Corona is so much farther. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh, man, for sure. All right, man, so next question for you, Ron. Um, what inspired you to, uh, to open up a sneaker store slash you know, restoration shop? And then how did you get the name Hillary? Well... It's always been a dream of mine. I used to do sneaker conventions with with Jeff from uh, Riff LA. And when he opened up his shop, man, I, I was so happy and, and proud for him because he was doing it for a long time. You know, the, the reselling and stuff like that. That inspired me like, man, if I open up a, sh a shop, I'm gonna do like custom work and stuff too. And, you know, back then, Nothing was falling apart, so there really wasn't a restoration game. It was just a custom game, you know? So I, I was like, man, if I open up a spot, shoot, that'd be perfect. And I think the, the Boys and Girls Club that I was at had let me go. And I was like, man, let's open up this shop. Open up the shop. Custom started coming in. It, it, it was good, but Rent was too high at the time, and I had to close that shop. It was called Loaded, Living Off Determination Every Day. So that was the first one I had. It was in Carson. Oh, okay. And the second one I had was, was the one that was in uh, Fullerton. And the hiatus between closing Loaded and opening up Soul Assassins was I got hired again to the Boys and Girls Club, which I must say thank you to the Boys and Girls Club and all the opportunities that they do for these young kids. And... That's why whenever whenever I can, I try to donate my time to the Boys and Girls Club as well. So, yeah. And then the the, the name Hillary, I was in a band. I played the bass and the guitar, and my name was Artillery. But when and the name of the group was called ART. So when the band broke up, I just took the ART off and just stayed with Hillary, and that's just how it became. And I liked it because it back in the days we say shit was ill, and I just love bringing that whole like vintage saying back you know, of, of just being ill. So that's yeah. that's why it's Hillary. That's dope, man. So where um were you in like an alter what kind of what kind of band is it like alternative? Like what time of band? It was a hip hop band, band with with oh. Leomar. Oh, he was a he's a drummer, right? Yeah, he was a he played the drums, bass, and guitar. Man, that that dude could do everything, and his production was nice too. Whoa. Shout out to Leo. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna bring him on, man. Shout out to uh, Leomar, man. So. Yeah. That's dope. So you still, I'm sure you still now play the bass, right? 
from time to time? No. No? <laughs> Sometimes I pick up the guitar you know, and I play old riffs that I remember, but I haven't learned any new songs or anything like that. So. Oh, that's dope. How long were yeah. you in the band for? I want to say from 2000 up to, let's say, 2004, 2005. Oh, okay. Yeah, we released an album. It was called uh, ART, Illustrations of Sound. Okay. I don't know where that's available at now. But you gotta you gotta bless us with the you know with the Apple Music man. Some you need to upload that music. Yeah. When I get a chance to definitely. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I'm, I'm interested now. I want I want to hear some of that. You know, you know who has it is is Leo. Oh, Leo okay. has it. Okay. Yeah. He has I'm, I'm, all I'm gonna, of it, dude. Hit him up. I'm gonna hit him up. So you guys got it. I'm sure you guys got it on, on dub, like on a tape. CD. Yeah, we got it on a on a CD back when CDs was hot. Okay. <laughs> the CD burner joints. I, I, I can't even remember the last time I bought a CD. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I I still buy CDs like the hard copy ones, the ones I really like. Like I'll, oh. I'll buy a, I buy one, so for sure, that's cool, man. So uh, next question for you, uh, Ron. Um, a nice segue. You first started, I know you worked with the Boys and Girls Club, so yeah. Yeah. you first started off, you know, to, you know, try to get to know these kids with a customization and a, des- and a designing, uh, you know, class called Kicks 101, and that's yeah. when you were working the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. How big of an inspiration did these classes inspire you to open up your own um, store? You know, when I, when I started teaching the class, the store was already up. But the inspiration for me was the different type of people, the, di- the different type of kids that would come in for, for this class. It, it was the whole spectrum. And that's what I like about it because it, it represents the sneakerhead. We're on a whole spectrum of, of music types, you know, re- religious beliefs, pol- political beliefs or whatever. And we all came together to do this art thing and the pieces that came out of there, some were fresh, some were not so fresh. But, you know, we worked week by week. It was once a week. And shoot, we, we turned some some kids' kicks into some pieces pieces of art. Wow. Cool. Yeah. That's dope. So you, you were telling me um, that you had all walks of, you know, ethnicity. You said you had, like, gangsters, you know, 10-year-olds, 8-year-old kids. Kids yeah. in high school, kids yeah. in college. Cheerleaders would come in and work on their shoes too. Wow. So how are you, how what was that like having like a mixture of like people like and then you're just there, you know, teaching what in you know something that you love. Well, it, it was more like the spreading of love because, it, like I said, this is something that I love to do, and the shop was open by then. And the good thing about the Boys and Girls Club is if you're really good, you could teach them what you love, you know, because at the Boys and Girls Club, what, what it is, is experiences. You know, if, if, if you went on a, on a trip to, let's say, visit the fire station and see the firefighters, chances are that day you'll think about, man, I wonder if I was a firefighter, right? And that was good. Some of these kids lived probably less than a mile, or probably about a mile and a half from the beach, but have never been. 
you know, and, and in, during the summer, we would take them to the beach and they would tell me all the time, man, I live right there. I'd never been to the beach. All they knew was that city block, you know? So if, if, you, if you gave them opportunities to see something that they could aspire to be, that was the best thing, you know? And for me to show them, hey, this is the thing that I, that I love. Maybe you should try it, you know? And when they tried it, for, for that hour, hour or two that we were sitting there painting shoes, concentrate, not thinking about the world outside. You know, it, it's taking them away from maybe some of the pains they had, or maybe they had a rough day. And most times that was the hardest part too, was because if the kids had a rough day, you can't be having a bad day, or you can't be showing that you have a bad day because some of those kids see you as the light and, and what you're reflecting. If you're reflecting something negative, they always, they always feel it, you know, so. Yeah, that, that was the best part for it, was them aspiring to be some something when we took them somewhere. Us showing them colleges, you know, and, and now they're really thinking, man, this is right down the street. I could really be at this college. You know, that, that's, that's something else. But if you're in the life and all you see is, you know, people fighting at school and, you know, stuff like that, what, what, what are you going to aspire to be if, if that's all you're being subjected to is that negativity? Of, of that life. Maybe, maybe they were in, I was in uh, one area where the whole block was, was this one certain gang. And that's all they saw was that four, basically four blocks of brick and mortar every day. There was a liquor store in there, so they didn't have to go anywhere. It was all like they had this boundary that they, they couldn't cross. But when we took them to places like the beach, you know, the park and stuff like that. It was free stuff that we were taking them to. Just see the smiles on their faces and just being a kid is, is, the, is the best way I can describe it. If you, if you had a really good, good life as a child, being a kid, it says something. And some of these kids didn't have it. You know, they were, they were forced to, to be raised really fast because, you know, they need to be put in life or whatever, so. Yeah, that, that's great, man. Because I know for you, I'm sure like you had that counselor slash big brother role for these, you know, these kids that look up to you because, you know, like, like you were saying, whatever you say to them or how your attitude was during that day, it's just going to fall back on them for the, you know, for the rest of that session with them. So yeah. I know how no matter if you had a, a you know, a, a bad day. You see, you see those kids at the Boys and Girls Club that, you know, that brings a smile in your face so that, you know what, I'm here yeah. now. I'm actually want to just, you know, have fun and then whatever life takes me, what, you know, the next day, so be it. Um, and I think that's dope that you are able to share the, those experiences with those kids. So, yeah, that, that's really great, man. Like you, you have a big impact in those kids' lives. So, yeah. you know, man. Yeah, to get touch you uh, at the spot, right? (laughs) They still text me and you know hit me up on Instagram and stuff. So that's that's pretty cool. I like seeing them grow grow up. A lot of them got kids already, and they're starting their own families. So I'm I'm really proud that I I see a lot of them doing good. Oh, that's that's awesome, man. See, boys and girls club. So you you still you you still donate your time um, to this day? Yeah, you have the chance. Even um. At my engineering job, I uh, I was a chairperson for their 
their giveaway and we were able to funnel all those donations to the boys and girls club yeah man we usually, awesome. we usually do a it's like a thanksgiving drive like canned okay. food and such and then we added a, a monetary thing too and we had it we had a our long beach site and our monrovia site compete against each other and they donated to their local boys and girls clubs in that area. So Monrovia was donating to the Monrovia boys and girls club and Long Beach was donating to the Long Beach boys and girls club. Long Beach won. Yes. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> Thanks to your leadership. So I'm sure they, they appreciate all <laughs> you've done for them. So, um, yeah. Um, so what, so next question for you, uh, what was, um, now, you know, with, with the, you know, with your business now at Ilary, um, how long, how long have you been in business for Ron? I've been doing, well, the shop Ilary has been open for, it was four years in September, September, I want to say 17th. Okay. That was our four year anniversary. So Ilary has been, been, been going on for four years, but man, I've been cu customizing and restoring for man, almost 16 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, so um, what's the, what, what was your first, what was your first customization that you made? Like, if you can remember. Oh, the first custom I actually did actually got into a magazine. It, it was a, I want to say a Dunk Low Pro White and Obsidian. It had an all white leather upper and then a white midsole and an Obsidian blue, Obsidian uh, outsole. And I did a custom for the band. I put the, the band logo on there. I put a couple of kind of like plaid stripes on the front and it faded from orange to red to the, going backwards. And it made into Sneaker Freaker magazine. Wow. Yeah, they had a contest. Of course, mine was, was weak as fuck, but <laughs> compared to everybody else's, but it, it, it got in a magazine. And that's the first time that I started getting orders because people saw that custom. I'm like, man, you, you I saw your work in, in, in blah, 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 blah. And sure enough, they, they got a custom from you and it just ballooned from there. Wow, yeah. that's, that's awesome, man. So Sneaker Freaker, that, that's, you know, a lot, a lot of people didn't know about that magazine. And they, they were up there yeah. with like Soul Collector. And, right. Yeah. I, li I like the fact that it was a little book. Yeah. You know, it, w it wasn't like a big ass magazine. It was just like a- It's a small little pamphlet yeah. book, right? Yeah. That, that, that shit was dope. Do you still have um? Do you still have? Do you still have a copy of that? That um... yeah, I still have. I still have the. I have the big book. They they the one that they had the the actual contest in. I I think I got rid of it or or it got messed up too bad. But they had this one issue called the big book, and okay. it actually had that contest in there. So I picked up one of those. So I I do have, you know, some validity. I could tell you, man. Look, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. So, yeah. um, so tell us more about Ilary. Like, tell us more, like what your, you know, what, you know, what you do at your store. Well, I wanted to make my, I guess you could say cobbler shop more into boot into a boutique. And I loved selling shoes, you know, just the whole process since I was doing, uh, sneaker conventions back in the day. I, I just love the whole atmosphere and, we do customs, restorations, uh, we consign shoes and gear. 
and it's 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 my second home. <laughs> that's that's cool, man. So like, I'm sure like you know you you meet all walks of life as far as like people dropping your store, um, you know people asking for like restorations and requests. So um, what's what's the What's the most requested soul swap that you that your customers inquire for, and how? What's the timeline for you for you for you to you know, to complete it? The most requested restoration I get is the soul swap for a Jordan One, whether it be the one point five swap or bringing back uh, the souls for you know Chicago's Royals and stuff like that. So the soul swap, and then a close second is the Supreme Blazer Soul Swap as well. A lot of people have been asking for that. And time frames right now are about six weeks. Uh, I'm usually working on about 30 to 40 pairs a month. Sheesh. And yeah. <laughs> so wow. forgive me, but, but the good thing about it is that if, if there's a delayed time, uh, you know, I, I do contact the client, but usually it's never more than a couple of days. If there is a, uh, a delay so just just remember that the, the time frames are kind of you know two to three day here or there from it but most most of the times probably about 80 percent of the time maybe even 85 percent i i do it on the due date that they tell that they request or that is the first uh available day for the for the due date so yeah so do customers give you like uh, when you give them a like a set date, do they, do they, um, do they like, push it back or push it forward depending on when they want the shoe? Like, how does that work as far as like, you know, timeline wise? Well, most people are comfortable with six weeks already. Most people, you know, when I tell them six weeks, they're like, okay, cool. It gives me time to, you know, save up, pay this, pay that. Right, right, right. And kind right. of plan for it. Other people's other, other people, they want their stuff in a shorter period of time. And we do offer expedited uh, service for a fee because uh, if I'm gonna work overtime, you won't pay me to work overtime. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So um, I, I know like I've seen your page in, in Ilary. Um, I know there's, you've done a lot of work with like a lot of famous, you know, uh, figures, you know, music, musicians, at you've done athletes too right like um, yeah. sports athletes yeah i remember you did um the university of long beach uh march madness you did a custom on one of the i think when i was when i think when um it was like three years ago two years ago when they, when they yeah when i saw when you know that shoe it went to um i think with the soul collector like it was no. on like kick shoe yeah it was like the kick shoe they did a March Madness edition. Like, I think I saw your custom on there. And I was like, whoa, this looks familiar. It was like dope too. It says the beach. It did yeah. something I remember. Yeah, because remember when, when Supreme came out, they started, yeah. they put the logos behind the, uh, the netting of the Jordan 5. And then the customer was asking me for that, for, you know, to give him some custom ideas. And I was telling him, yo, you got to let me put the beach behind that netting. And then, uh, let me see if I can find that picture. And then when he, when he said, yeah, do that shit. That was, that's one of my favorite Long Beach related customs that I've done. And it's, uh, man. 
I think it was a hyperdunk. Um, I think that was like the collegiate basketball. I think because they were signed, they were signed with Nike with Long Beach, um, uh, Long Beach State. I think, yeah. And then it had it had pine trees, and it says like the beach. Yeah, it was a five. Yeah, there was a five. There you go. It's a five. Yeah, it was a Jordan five. There you go. What albums? What was the base of that shoe? Was it like a like a metallic? Uh, it was the five? white metallic. The white okay. gold fives? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was those. Oh, okay. That's dope. Let me see if I got it. I'm surprised you didn't see your work, man. Like, it, it, was, <laughs> it, it, it was blowing up during March Madness. Because they had a, they had a uh, what did you wear today for March Madness? Everyone uh -huh. that, everyone was wearing, everybody was, like, wearing retros, which doesn't, you know, make sense for your feet. But right. like, you know what I'm saying, like, this is was your time to shine. You know, it was like, you know, win or go home. Yeah. And then when Long Beach State, you know, like when they won that first round and then they went to the next round, it was like super dope, man. Like, I knew that was your shoe, man, because I think you posted it on your um, on your on your Instagram. Right. I'm going to try to find it. I'm going to find it. <laughs> so go so ahead. I'll yeah, so while you're finding it, I know you also did um you did Dave, Dave Chappelle shoes too, right? Um was it like a like a Nike dunk that you need, that that you had had it restored? Actually, it was uh I think one of the the grips or something that that worked okay. on the the Chappelle show. I guess everyone got a pair. Okay. Of the of these shoes and his were so beat up, but he was still in contact with Dave Chappelle and he said, "Man, I want to get these restored." And I want to show them to Dave, you know, that I still got them. So when I restored them, you know, he was he was happy with it. There you go. That's it. There you go. That was it. You need to you need to find yourself on the internet, Ron. It's 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 floating up there. You have to Google like March Madness, Long Beach State. Like your, your stuff is there, dude. Like yeah, like there was like action <laughs> pictures too. Dude was like laying it up. But it said nothing about me though. No, I, but you, his shoe was, it was different. You know what I mean? Like it stood out. Right. Like I knew it was a custom. Right. Because somebody, somebody did it and you know, that was you. I, I had fun doing that shoe too. I had a lot of fun. That was my first time uh, replacing the netting and a lot of people started requesting that too. A lot of comp companies started getting customs with uh, their name behind that netting and, and it looked hella solid. Wow. Uh, that's, man, that's awesome, man. Um, Wow. That yeah, when I was looking at it, like it was different because you know, like you were saying it had the beach and then it had those things on the on the sole. The palm trees. Palm trees. Yeah, it looked like in and out. That was like <laughs> a little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah. Super dope. And then um you were also sharing to me when I visited your shop, uh, there was a guy that you were sewing a pair of Tiffany Dunk Lowe's. I think it was like the biggest like shoes like tiffany size i've ever seen it was like a 14 or 15 15 who like who was that if i don't mind asking that was gary uh from dunk exchange oh Shout there you go gary there you go. yeah he, he gets his stuff done all the time and gary appreciate your business yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean gary one of one of the ogs in the game too man he's the one who basically started this whole uh sneaker convention type of deal and you know, I remember going to the first one he ever did. It was small, but man, it had so much heat when I think about it now. 
uh, Jeff was there. He had all the Supreme stuff and he had one of his guys rocking, uh, what was it? I think it was a, a Paris on one, one foot and, uh, and, and some London's on the other foot. And I was like, man, that's going to here. And that, 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 that was at a sneaker, um, you know, convention, right? Like yeah, Gary. that was Gary's Dunk Exchange. Yeah, Dunk Exchange. Wow. Yeah, was, uh, what size were those, was those Tiffany's? 14, 15? 15, 15. I thought. Yeah, two size 15. No, I think one's a 14 and one's a 15. I'm yeah. sure he's like one of the very few that has that size. Cause yeah, you got two great. of them? It's, I think it's two 15s. Nobody got two 15s. Gary That's does. Wow. <laughs> that, that joint looked like a boat, like for real, yeah. for real. And then, yeah, like props to him, you know, yeah. something that we've never seen. Um, so another thing with, with customs, um, what's the most difficult swap that you had to make for a customer? The most difficult swaps and the reason why I don't do them now are for like OG Jordan 6s or, or OG Jordan 4s just for the, well, the bread fours uh, is because over time that, that material, it just gets brittle. That, that, that new buck, that beautiful fucking new buck on top, it just gets brittle. And there's no way to really clamp down or tape down that shoe to get, to get the, the swap fitted right. So that's why I just don't even offer it anymore. Or I tell them like, hey man, like I'm not responsible if all this new buck comes up, you know, cause it's gonna yeah. come up. And I tell them it's not recommended to swap it, just to, just to keep it in that form and just put it up on the shelf, looking nice and butter without, you know, anyone manhandling it. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like for me as a customer, like I I was actually one of the very privileged and very few that actually to swap my sixes. If you still remember that, my I my two thousand pair. That. Yeah. You saw the sole. That's why I said. Bro, that's why, like, I, after that, like, I had my time with them. After wearing them, like, you know what? Like, I had my time with these shoes. I had to, like, I had to give them away now. Like, so I sold yeah. them, you know. It was time to move on. I've had my memories with the shoe. This shoe is, like, 20 years old now. God forbid this, th these soles are going to, you know, crumble like going to deteriorate. So, you know, I didn't want to be responsible anymore. And yeah. I wore them a couple times, you know. Like, you were... You were telling me, like, you are like, messaging me, like, are the souls still good? Like, they're not separating? Like, yeah, they're good, man. Like, Just that me, yeah, I get it now. I get it. Like, that new book. It, and it, the thing is, is in the sixes, that, that infrared six is my favorite colorway of that shoe. With that material, too, man, it's, oh, it's so butter. You like, you like the 2000 pair? Like, the, the 2000 retro, right? That's 2014 was the pink one, right? Yeah, I didn't like that yeah. one. The one with the jump band. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that shoe. Yeah. That's why, like, you know, for me, like, with, you know, what we were telling, like, we've always had these memories with shoes. I always, like, I can talk about it, like, night and day, but, you know, I don't have them no more. It was yeah. just time to move on, you know, just like with everything. Yeah. And that's why I tell people if don't rat hole some shoes if you're just gonna wear them anyway because if you don't wear them that midsole that that foam midsole if it doesn't get flexed once in a while it's just gonna turn to dust on you so wear your shoes make sure to wear your shoes 
The only shoes that could really hold up are like Jordan 1s, and I want to say, and Dunks. So with three, threes, too, you got to wear them like once in a while, too, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Anything with that foam midsole, Jeez. you got to wear them, man. You got to wear them. They're very, they, they crumble like no other, man. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So uh, tell us more about one of your customizations that you've done. I, I know you get this, um, you get hit up a lot. You've done a, a Kobe 3, right? Like the white yeah. um, home, home colorway. So tell us more about that. Like how did that first started and how, you know, with your, with your process? Well, of course, when people see PEs, they want that custom. And it, it was no different with this, with a Kobe Jordan 3. Once they released, the first one to do it with my boy Luis, when I still had Loaded actually, he had some Pure Money 3s. Oh, so, I had to, so I had to, I even had to repaint the, the elephant print on him, but he's the mm. first one that I, that I did it for. And I think he's still got him to this day. He also got done some Kobe PE, the Adidas joints, the ones that he gave to LeBron to play in his game, but they were 14 and, and uh, LeBron wore 15 or whatever, whatever. Wow. I did those actual customs and he still, he still has them to this day. I did a, an exact uh, PE version of that most people when they do the, the flag oh uh, the, the, the the usa flag the kobe twos yeah yeah okay. so most people when they do that that usa the, uh, the stars on the flag they they don't do it right like it's kind of like a wavy flag that that's in motion not just you know stars put on the shoe but yeah that shoe was dope so how how important is the detail like when you're you know especially you know back then like we couldn't fit like pe's for like nba players right how important is for you, you know, for you to look at every angle of, you know, the, the, the shoe? Um, I know you, I'm sure you look at so many photos, right? Like you look at left, right, up, down, bottoms. I try to get as many photos as I can. Yeah. So do you do like, um, you know, like a, like a rendition first? Like you do like a prototype before you start customizing, you know, what you're doing? No. Basically, when, when, they tell, when they tell me the customs, I'm already thinking what colors to mix for the, for the paint matches, you know, with, which materials, like on the Jordan 3s, that I got to change out. It had that. Most people were using the Katrina 3s to make that custom. So mm. it had that red uh, backing behind the, behind the tongue. And when I saw it, I was like, man, this, this material has to change. Because when you, when you paint that felt, the material changes its its softness or whatever. Even if you use what whatever kind of additive you add to the paint, it still changes the material. So I wanted to change that fabric, and I think that's what set me apart from everyone that was doing it. Was I was actually changing that 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 back fabric to look more like the PE. It, right. it, you had to put like a gold a goldenrod uh, felt on back of, you know on the back of it to make it look kind of like how it did in the picture. So. I did, a, I did a white version, probably did about 10 of those. I've, I've done the black version a couple of times and I've done kind of like a, my own version of it. Did you see that one as well? It was a, a, it was a black Jordan three and then it had two checks on it. It had the purple check and it had the, the gold. Oh, okay. Check. Yeah, and then I it had, the, it had the, the logo on it too. I changed the material on that. I think that was, that one was dope, so. Wow. That's awesome, man. So, like, um, 
do you still i'm sure you still get to this day i mean especially when kobe passed do you still get hit up with those like kobe pe's i, I think you've done one recently right like this year yeah i've done i've done a lot of kobe pieces and when, when he first passed i was crushed man and i wanted to see as many kobe's in my hands as possible uh so for i believe it was two weeks anyone who brought a a kobe shoe in i would clean it for free you know just to chop it up with a kobe fan and i think that helped with the healing i think there was about maybe 10 to 20 people that came mm -hmm. you know throughout two weeks for, for the cleaning and yeah that, that really helped because uh it was tough and it's still tough it is yeah it is i mean even even when the lakers won won it all this year it, it's still you still think about it right that's the first yeah. first guy you think about because he would have been there too, you know. Like he he would have been celebrating with LeBron. Yep, and his daughter. That's what kills me the most. Is yeah, he, his daughter. So, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's tough, man. All right, so um, another question for you, Ron. Um, having uh, a lot of sneaker shops in LA, um, what's the most difficult part of opening up a, a sneaker shop? The the time and dedication. A lot a lot of people don't realize it you know so most people think that when you open a business that you're in the back smoking weed or you're just chilling out or whatever that's not the case when you when you open a business you're actually working more hours than you do for a regular job you know you're putting 12 hours in you're putting 13 14 15 hours in because most people think that you know when you have a business you're, you're there and you come home you don't think about the business but you do, you know, so, <clears throat> shit. Like, do you, do you bring your work home? Like, as far as like, oh, I got to finish this up. Or do you just work as work for you when I get home? I'm just being a, a family man. I'm, I'm in my man cave watching basketball or whatnot. Do you, right. do you separate those things, those two things? Well, well, you have to, you have to, because when, when you love something, you got to put 100% into it, right? Because that's something you do for something that you love. So when I'm at the shop and I love the shop, I'm 100% there. But when I come home, I love my kids, I love my family. So I'm 100% that when I'm here. I, I, if, if I got to bring stuff home, <laughs> that's basically almost... Yeah. It rarely happens that I bring stuff home. And... It's mainly because, you know, when I go to the shop, I'm so focused. That's why I had to hire a couple of people because I need them to run the floor. You know, most people, they like to chat it up. And I've made some good friends. And I don't like to not go out there and greet them because, you know, I have a lot of personal connections and personal relationships with these people. You know, like you, Dan, you know, your kids, you know, whenever you come in and you're not with your son, I'm like, oh, he didn't bring them today, you know? So, <clears throat> That that might be one of my vices, I guess. Maybe not a vice. It, it's a good thing and a bad thing because sometimes it takes me away from my work. But I like to connect. I'm I'm a people person. I like to talk a lot. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's it's nice, right? Like you have shoes and you know shoes, right? They're just shoes. Sports, like they all connect with each other. Um, yeah. You know, it's a common bond that everybody. You know, streetwear like Supreme everybody's everybody has something to say about it like as far as like 
negative, positive, you know, your opinion, you know, that's your opinion. Um, so I think those, those are good things that, those are good attributes to have as, as a sole owner. Like you're, you're just here to like hear people, you know what I mean? Hey, like I want, can you help me out with this shoe? And then you're honest. Like you'll tell me, well, um, and then, you know, I came up to you like, Hey Ron, like, can you do this shoe? And then you'll be up front to me. Hey, like, I'm just letting you know, like this shoe in this condition, I don't think it's worth it. You know, yeah. I can do it, but to me, you know, it wouldn't be worth the time that you're going to be yeah. investing. So I, I respect that because a lot of people, a lot of actually, yeah, I, I've turned down a lot of jobs because I'm a sneakerhead, and when a sneakerhead, another sneakerhead comes in my shop and, and they want their shit done, I'm gonna let them know as a sneakerhead, yo, unless you have some kind of emotional attachment to this shoe, like your grandmother who passed away, may, maybe bought you that shoe or it was the last present your dad gave you. I'm down to restore that, you know, but some people it's, it's not going to happen. You know, it's, it, it, it's not worth it. If you're trying to wear it or whatever, whatever, it's going to mm -hmm. fall apart at the end. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Cause you know, you, you have to, um, you have to maintain that thin, you know, that thin line between business and, you know, the personal stuff, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're advising. There was one you time, there was, one time there, there was a, this one cat, he, older gentleman came in, he had an OG pair of Jordan 1s, and he wanted me to make them look brand new. I said, man, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I said, the way, the way this shoe sits right now, it was, it was rough, but he would have did more harm to the shoe if he would have painted it all and tried to make it look new than to just keep it like that and just put it up in a case somewhere. I told him that and the job would have ran probably like six, 700 bucks to restore the whole thing. Cause he wanted to remove panels and, you know, put, put more stuff on. I'm like, dog, you know, oh. oh my, it's a 35 year old shoe. Like, why are you going to paint over some, you know, that's a piece of history, right? Like if you wanted something new, I mean, something to wear, just get the, the retros of those. Get, get the 20, get, you know, get the 20, you know, 13s or you right. know, whatnot. Right. So I had to turn down that job, man. Just just as a sneakerhead who, who knows knows that shoe and just you know loves the, the vintage quality and aesthetic of, of it being worn and and maybe drugged through the mud, that just adds character to the shoe. And that shoe had a lot of character, and I wasn't going to try to change that. <laughs> like the heel drag and everything, like heel drag, the paint <laughs> chipping, you know, leather chipping, yeah. laces all chewed <laughs> up. It was the, the collar was in back. Well, actually, the one thing that was good on those shoes were the damn laces. <laughs> <laughs> they were in good condition. Wow. And, uh, the plastic eyelets and everything. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I wouldn't restore an 85 one, like, I think worst case, like, if the shoe is falling apart, maybe the sole, like, you can sew them back up. But yeah, that's about well, I, it. You know what I'm saying? Just leave them beat up like that. They, they, it's more of a talking piece yeah. when they're worn like that than that's one true. that's brand spanking new. I've, I've, well, if it's brand spanking new, that's hell of a talking piece. But yeah. one that's worth the brand spanking new, nah. That's, so um, what's the most like, what's the most outrageous or or craziest request that you've ever gotten from a customer from a restoration? <laughs> The funniest was, was one of my boys. He said, man, I want to be gangster when I walk around the house. He had me put uh, 
polar bear fur, replica polar bear fur, of course, into some house shoes. You know those little gangster slippers, a little corduroy. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> so he had me make some of those. That was that was crazy. Like the like the Gucci joints with the with the heel, or is it on the? You know what I'm no, about? The, the regular house slippers that you get oh, at, the, at the swap feet. Wow, that is, <laughs> yo, that's crazy. The custom costs more than damn shoes. <laughs> yo. And then how long did that take you to, to, to do to complete that? Uh, it took like a day, day and a half. A day. <laughs> wow. Some Most of the time, I was trying to find a polar bear fur. <laughs> Where do you find polar bear fur? Like, you have to. Nah, man, you go to Michael's or Joanne's. I was just using this shit from over there. <laughs> I thought you were going to go to like, uh, like a beauty that place. I thought you were going to go to like a beauty shop and use like real hair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making Barbies, bro. Bar the Barbie type right here. Yo, that's that's so funny, man. So um nice segue uh to sports. Um I see in the background, you know, you got your man cave, you you a diehard uh Laker fan. Um so as a diehard Laker fan and considering what you know what you but everybody went through this year, especially Kobe and Gianna, um as a Laker fan, how does it feel um for your favorite NBA team to win the, the NBA championship this year and, you know, in this day of, you know, this current pandemic and with Kobe passing. So how, I, think how, it was good. I think it was good for the NBA and to tell you the truth, I think it was good for those NBA teams that, that made it farther than we all expected because I believe the, the bubble had a big impact in, in the play of a lot of, a lot of these teams when you don't have the crowd noise and the, the, the home court advantage, that really makes a difference. I think if there was home court advantage, we probably would have swept all those teams, in, in my opinion. Yeah, because, like, the, before the pandemic, Lakers were rolling, man. They were just beating they? any team. Yeah. No. You, guys just, you guys just beat um, Milwaukee, you know, before you guys lost to uh, Brooklyn. I mean. It was sad what happened in Milwaukee. They fell apart. Man. That's that's a different story. Like you can't you can't you know you can't blame injuries. The we the, the reason why they lost. I mean everybody got injuries, right? Everybody had part of the game. It's part, that's of, the part game. of the game. I mean, yeah. If if Shaq didn't get injured when we had Carl Malone and and uh, Gary Payton, oh man, then we won that too, man. You think so? Over over yeah, that 0-4 Pistons team? Come on, man. Carl Malone and Gary Payton and Shaq and Kobe. Come on. Bro. Oh man! I mean, you know, I have to give it though. Like Carmelo was a little banged up, like coming into the finals, um, and then you know, GP was past his prime already. You know, he was on his last leg. So that I mean, I have to I have, as a basketball fan, like I I would I mean I was surprised that that O four Piston team like took you guys in five games. The way they just like handled like Shaq. Like you got this, you know, Ben, you know, Ben Wallace is like six nine, and he's just putting Shaq out of position, which is crazy, you right. know. I remember that, and then Kobe was just Kobe was getting his, but nobody, yeah. no one else was was doing anything, and that was the frustrating part with him because he was so determined to win, and that's what broke the camel's back when you know they had to trade Shaq the the following yeah. year. Yeah, that's crazy. So. Um, 
I see you, you know, you got, you got, you got magic, you got worthy, you got Kobe, Shaq. Uh, who's your top five uh, Laker? In your, in top your opinion. Five Lakers? Yeah. You're, you're starting five. Give me your starting five. Shit. Oh. I, I, I'll give you six. One, one bench. One six okay, man. Yeah, give me one six. One, one six man, and then you're you're starting five. All right. So, Shaq is my center. Okay. Fuck, this is hard. Because <laughs> you got all you got all that Lakers stuff in the background, so I, I had to ask you. Okay, Shaq is my center, but damn, five, Jesus. Shaq is my center. Kobe is my two. You can put you can put a, a center on a four if you want. Yeah, but but see, <laughs> I want to do that. But my favorite player is James Worthy. All right, I, I, all right. So no, no starting, no starting four. five. I'll give you six. Give me your top six, like favorite. Okay, good, good. Shaq, Kareem, wait, Shaq, Kareem, Kobe, Magic, Shaq, Kareem, Kobe, Magic, James Worthy, Shaq, Kareem. Shaq, Kareem, Kobe. You should look in the back in your in your house and just look at the jersey. All right, he said Shaq. Shaq, Kobe, Worthy, Magic, Kareem. Damn. I'll give you one more. Fuck, man. All right, I'll give you 10. Le- Le- 10. Le- LeBron. LeBron's my last one. LeBron? Yeah. Okay. Just because I ain't never seen Jerry West in, like, like play, play, you know? We always saw him as a logo, right, on the NBA jersey. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. No, he's great, dog. And yeah, he's he great, great. Whatever he does. He, he's he put, did. what, the Clippers together? Memphis yeah. Grizzlies together? Golden Warriors State together? together? Yeah. He I got Kobe for y'all? You guys didn't even know who Kobe was. Nah, that, that dude was a steal for Yo, I remember, I remember, like, I was, like, you know, I was a kid. You guys were, he- people were heated in, in uh, California because you guys, you guys love Divock. You're like, why are you going to get this little, like, 17-year-old, like, kid? I remember. That then was- he shot all them, all them air balls. He went, like, oh, give me this dude. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the best player ever. Well, not ever. MJ so, um, which which one is your um? What's your favorite uh Laker team? Like, which which year? My 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 favorite year was the year before they won the championship, when they had Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, Kobe, uh, Shaq. Uh, oh man, that that's the '98. That's the '98. Yeah, team. that's '98. '98 team. That's... That was when all four of them made the All Star team. It was like Eddie Jones, Van Axel, Kobe, and Shaq. That was wild. That was yeah, a wild ass team. Van Axel was a shit. And Eddie Jones calling out steals before a game. Yeah, he was my favorite player back in the days on the Lakers. Eddie Jones during the, the non-championship seasons. <laughs> so, like, so um, you said you like James Worthy. Like, what makes him your favorite player? He's kind of like me, man. Just not all flashy. Just low key putting in the work, and getting the Finals MVP. You know, <laughs> I just putting in the work, bro. 
Yeah, there you go. His hard nose. <clears throat> he did have that lunch pail, you know, attitude. Yep. Like, he just came yep. into work. And he put it in, too. So, um, if I had to ask you, like, when you guys lost to the Bulls in 91, how did that feel for you for Jordan to win his first championship in L.A.? I was like, man, and this is against Magic. Well, this is, this is a torch being passed. This dude is too good. When he did that layup and brought it to the other hand, I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> the team just got shook right now. This shit is over. But you guys won that game, though, because uh, Sam Perkins. Yeah. But I mean, do you um? Did you ever watch games at the forum? Like, what was that? Like? I did. I did. The the atmosphere there was way better than Staples Center because it was very intimate. There was low light in the in the stands, and psh, yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, it 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 was a lot more. I guess you could say romantic in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice because you guys had that. I can't like that lower bowl is dark, right? And all you see yeah. was just like the spotlight, you know, at the bottom of the yeah on the on the court. On the court. That's where I met. That's where I met Chick Hearn too. I oh, got wow. his autograph. We we're sitting probably like a couple of rows above his box, and I ran down there. It was during Gail Goodrich's retirement. That's when Eddie Jones had to change from twenty five to, to six. wearing six because yeah. they retired Gail Goodrich, who wore twenty five. They retired his number. I got it on a, a little man. I gotta find that shit. I, I have it on a little pamphlet uh, for that night. It was a little brochure saying Gail Goodrich's retirement, and I had him sign. That's that's dope, man. So you're you're missing a LeBron jersey, right? Like on in your um, yeah. I'm gonna put it up. I bought one. You know, I wasn't sold on him in the beginning, as all of us weren't. Look, here's here's the case with LeBron. It's just like the case with Jordan. For me, LeBron was good. He was hella good. Like, like when you watched him on other teams, like he's too damn fucking good. But that's the reason why I hated him because he wasn't on my team. Like I hated Michael Jordan. A lot of people are like, oh, I've never hated Michael Jordan. Man, you ain't never seen Michael Jordan dominating shit on your team every night. So I hated Michael Jordan. But I loved his shoes. But I hated him as a player because because it's one simple fact: he wasn't on my fucking team. That's why. And that's, that's the same hate that I had for LeBron because he wasn't on my fucking team. The dude is too good. Like, there's, there's players that you're like, man, if that dude was on my team, we would kill. And that's what happened. At first, I was like, man, we don't even need him. I hate that dude. When we got on the team, start balling. Look, it's, it's about to, his jersey about to be hung up in here. There you go. There you go. You got to have your, you got to have your, um, you got to have hero, open, you know, pull the, pull the tassel, like, in the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta have the spotlight twenty three. Yeah, I ain't gonna be on spotlight. Shit. No, not yet. Spotlight. Come on, that's one. Yeah, for me too. Like I hated LeBron because you know, like me as a Wizard fan, like when he was with Cleveland, hated his ass. Like he always, he always, we couldn't get past him. So when I liked LeBron is when he went to the Heat because that was when I knew that everybody was like shitting on him. All this hate, like, oh, you, you create a super team. You can't do it. Like, when they lost to the Dallas, and you know, back in 2011. And then when they won back-to-back, like, he gained my respect. Like, you know what? Like, he can actually can win. But yeah. there's, like, any other team. Like, they need help. Like, 
KG teamed up with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and yeah. Steph Curry and you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta have supporting cast. You can't the yeah, NBA has changed. Cast. You can't just win with one with one superstar. You need like at least two. Because with the defense they play now, it really clogs the lane, you know. So driving is like, unless you're dribbling like Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you think you guys think we'll, um, you think guys will we'll win back to back next year? It's gonna be difficult because you have teams like shit, like I just said, uh, like like Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. They don't come out fire for the East. Then you have shit, Golden State, who just you know. Their, their boys was just on injury, so they had, like, a little vacation. I know they're working hard. I'm just playing, but, you know, they're just chilling, chilling out for uh, the playoffs. But you have them. Houston is still a problem. Shit, the Clippers are still a problem. I would have loved to see the Clippers play the Lakers so we could squash the shit, but uh, they just couldn't make it. Yeah, that, that's a – that's a travesty. Like I think we got everybody got cheated, you know, on that. Everybody got cheated. That, cheated. We got cheated. No, we we got that's the, that's what everybody wanted, right? Like everybody wanted right. that Clippers Lakers, but you know, late, Clippers couldn't want that Denver smoke though. That's what happened. Well, they they got smoked, man. Like three one, really? Like that? That's a choke job. That's why that's Doc great. ain't there no more. Yeah, you know. And, you know, like with Paul George, I think they can't recuperate all the asses they traded for him. Yep. All those, all those first-rounders. They, they, they got nothing to trade for for the next, and like – all their players are on free agency now, right? Yeah. Sure. Think, um, Montrez Harrell, like their big yep. man, he's on – That's, that's a key dude game. right there. Shit, he, might go, he might go to the other Lakers, you know, the other like, L.A. team. But y'all got McGee already. Y'all got McGee already. Y'all got Dwight Howard. Oh, we might be losing Dwight Howard to Golden State, though. Oh man. So, what, like, what's what's your um? Who do you guys who who do you want um? And you know, who do you want the Lakers to sign for next offseason? That will get you guys back up. Any 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 player that I would you love, I would love for them to sign. What should have happened before, but what got vetoed was a Chris Paul. Mm. You know, if, if Chris Paul comes, he's gonna get one too. That's, that's that's a guarantee. Chris Chris Paul is super tight. He's been tight since he was with with uh since he came in the league with Charlotte. That that dude's been sick. If we had him, I could see why NBA vetoed that because we would kill people. Yeah, the thing about worries about me about about Chris Paul is that he commands the ball right and. Yeah. LeBron and AD commands the ball too. And you've seen that experiment with Harden, you know, in, in two years with Houston. So, but we I also can't... saw the success with Rajon Rondo. When That's Rajon true. Rondo was handling the ball, he was probing and doing all that stuff and getting the passes out. That's what he was doing. Same, same thing that Chris Paul could do. But, but Chris Paul is a much better shooter than Rajon Rondo. That's true. Know? And he's a lot more clutch because he's been in those situations before. But I don't know what we're going to trade for him because I kind of love the team that we have now. We just need another, uh, probably another big dude. JaVale McGee might be on his way out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, y'all got the Ante Kowumpo too, you know, first, first. uh, There you go. Yeah. 
you know, like he was, uh, he was, his brother was a uh, very supportive, but you never know. He might have Giannis to the Lakers. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. There you go. All right. So we're almost done here. Um, let's see. Last question for you, Ron. Uh, you know, like I said, thanks again for, um, you know, coming on tonight. Um, you ask me a question. Ask you a question? Yep. Um, shit. What do you think about this? You, you're a connoisseur of sneakers, and you visited a lot of sneaker shops. Uh, what do you think that we offer that nobody else offers? That's a good question. As far as from other stores that I've been to? Yeah. I think for me, this is my opinion. What you offer that no other shops do is the, I would say the, um, you have a personal touch with customers. Um, the way, and you know, I don't know, I don't have like relationships with other people, like with, you know, like Jeff is a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Like I, when I see him at Rift, I dap him up. Um, and he, he gets a lot of volume. Um, and I've been to, I've been to Cool Kicks, they're okay. Um, I think for you, you're more personable as far as like you're greeting your customers. You're asking, hey, like, hey man, how, how, how's your son? Like you always ask me, how's my, how's my son doing? That means a lot to me, you know what I mean? Like, cause you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I, you know, I also ask, hey, how's, your, how's your fam, man? You know, it, right. it just only takes like a minute or two just to say, you know, how, how are you doing, you know? Especially when what happens, what happened to you, you know, the whole, the whole riot stuff, you know, I message you like, Hey man, just, I just want to check to see how you're doing, you know, hope, hope you're staying safe. You know, you hit me up yet. Yeah. If you, you know, need someone to talk to, like we just vibe, you know what I'm saying? Like me and you, we vibe like that. Um, it's more personable, like with, with your customers, like you're actually getting to know them, even though like you don't even, um, know him like that i remember when i stepped when i went to your store like i think it was a couple that moved in uh like in the neighborhood it was like a white couple i remember um and you know hey i'm ron you know this is my shop and they were just like in awe like wow what, what are these shoes and then you were explaining to them yeah this is a co-simon shop i actually do restoration uh which is like i did you know i have i design shoes what whatever customers want you know this is they vary with prices you're very straightforward you don't like you don't fickle like oh you know you can't afford this this is like a jordan or this is like uh you know a high-end like dior shoe you know you're you tell it as it is and you're very you're you're very honest you know honesty yeah the, i think the honesty part is also big especially when you're in where you're doing the restoration thing you're gonna be up for hey, like I can do it for you, but this it's not worth it. And then that makes me think, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna just keep it the way it is. Um, and those, those and I, I hope you know you continue your much success. I think that's that's your that's your secret sauce, like with Hillary. And I hope you continue to do that and have that positive approach. 
And I think it all stemmed from your time at Boys and Girls Club. Like, I get it now. I get, yeah. I get it why you're to where you are now, you know? Like, that's why you're so successful in everything that you do. And this is coming from me, like, as a friend to you, like, and also as a customer. Like, it all makes sense for me. Like, it makes sense now. Like, hey, this is why Ron is so successful in what he does. He's a family man. Like, you get to know your customers on a personal level. You listen to customers, which is very important. Because a lot of stores, they're just, oh, yeah, you know, this, this shoe is 500 Okay, here, wrap it up. You actually have the time. Hey, you know, like this shoe, you know what I'm saying? Like you were telling me, oh, yeah, I remember this shoe was hard to find. Like I remember like I, I only saw this shoe like maybe once or twice. You know what I mean? Like don't, that kind of stuff, like it, it adds more value. And, you know, it, it adds more like memories too, you know? So I hope that you, and you continue to have much continued success with what you do. And, you know, like what you always say, you look, would you're, you know, you do what you love and love what you love, what you do. Right. You, you actually speak, speak that into existence. So I hope, you know, continue to do what you do, Ron. Um, and then, you know, you're You're just, you haven't seen like the best yet. In my opinion, like you just started, you're, you're, you're what? You're on there an OG 15, 15 20 years, you know, up there. And then you've had your store like four years plus. You're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do great things, man. Thanks, man. I'm just trying to be better than I was yesterday. I'm not trying to compete against anybody. You know, they're doing people are uh, have other shops, they're doing their own thing, and I congratulate them, you know. There's, there's enough room for everybody to eat. You just got to put the work in. And like I said, just, I'm just trying to spread love. You know, there's so much hate in the world. A smile and a hello, a greet goes a long way for someone who's been having a bad day. So I'm just trying to spread the love because I love what, what I'm doing. So I'm just trying to make sure I reflect that. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, for sure, man. Hey, so this is uh, episode 18 with the Dan and, and uh, our Jimmy Tiso podcast. So, Thank you, Ron of Hillary of Long Beach. And can you, you want to just plug in like your your social media and where they can find you? Uh, IG's at Hillary. Basically, all the information's on there. We don't have a phone, so don't don't call the number on on Yelp because it's just all fives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put put a put a five star review on Yelp. You know what I'm saying? Like he's on Yelp. <laughs> I, that's how I first, first time first time I, I um I saw try to find you because I remember when you moved to uh from Fulton to Long Beach, like, where's Hillary? And then when I put Hillary in on Google, it went to Yelp. And then Yelp took me to, to your page, like where your address was. Like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. So, yeah, man. All right, well, so yeah, um, thank you so much, Ron. And you know, hope, hopefully we can have you again. You know, we can show us maybe more of your work. Yeah. Um, maybe try to get you on the shop. You know, we can do some more like that. You know, when all this, COVID stuff is, is uh, much more settled and it's over. You know, yep. we, we like to get you in the shop, you know, to check you out, do all that stuff, man. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Peace.